Hot and cold, I looked everywhere for what I need. But now I know, now I know, I'm going back to loving me. Welcome. Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. I am so glad you're here and you are listening to SOS Soulfully Observant Sage. And tonight I am joined by my beautiful daughter, Ariel Rasuda. And Ariel is a fourth generation psychic. She's my youngest, bubbly, sparkly young woman. And if you would like to call in to the show, our numbers. Let me see if I get them right this night. This time tonight, 888-627-6008 and 323-744-4831. You can ask Ariel a question. Okay, Ariel was born <laughs> to two very spiritual parents. And when she was born, she came through awake, empathic from birth, She's extremely sensitive. Um, She's a crystal child, sometimes called indigo. And uh, indigo or crystal children are believed to possess special or supernatural abilities. Ariel is highly sensitive beyond being an empath and is able to see auras and read into people's souls. At the age of three, she remembered her past lives, children, and how she died. And I'll let her... tell a story about some special experiences that she had. Um, But, you know, not all is good. And she's had some challenging experiences. Her father died when she was 16. And it was a drastic turning point in her life for her. Everything changed in a flash. Nearly dying herself from grief, her mother gave her the option of leaving school to heal and grieve and move to the Mojave Desert. And this was a drastic change in circumstances for her. One minute, she's living in Boulder, Colorado, where she had friends and moved to the desert of California, where everything was sand-colored, what she called the land of tan. Ariel focused on school and graduated early, even though she missed four months of school. And once out of high school, returned to Colorado and then pursued a degree in baking and pastry at the Art Institute of Colorado. And upon graduating, um, the early hours, having to get up at four for baking and pastry, she ended up being a line cook and worked at several different restaurants in the Denver and uh, Boulder, Colorado area. And when COVID hit in 2020, as luck would have it, her restaurant career came to an end. And sometimes the universe makes changes for us in our life and uh, she's been doing social media for me and she is now in massage school in Fort Collins and life has a way of leading us where we need to go opening doors for our next adventure and Ariel has begun hers and welcome Ariel I'm so glad that you agreed to join me tonight I'm delighted to have you here I'm so nervous (laughs) Again, if you would like to call in to the show tonight and ask Ariel a question, please be kind. Uh, Putting her on the spot, be gentle. It is 888-627-6008 and 323-744-4831. Okay, so Ariel, tell us a little bit about some of your experiences when you were a child. What was the earliest mystical experience you remember having? Uh, the most, the one that I still can't put my finger on, on why it happened or how it happened was, uh, walking down the stairs. I believe I was three. I was holding my mom's hand and, uh, we both heard it, right? Yeah. We both heard what we perceived to be angel singing and, uh, what, I mean, maybe the only reason why I could think that it would be, um, of any, like major reason would be like a union of peace in some way or like a road to happiness, which is kind of true. I did have a pretty happy childhood. So we were walking down the stairs. It was a, a 
grand entryway and yeah. we're on the top floor yeah and you were holding my hand you were just a little thing very small yes. and what did we hear like angels singing a choir a choir of angels that's right yeah and you've heard that same thing. Now, it only happened with me. I was holding your hand. So my, my sense is I felt it with you because we were joined together. Okay. And it was, it was just like all around us. It was really calming and really like harmonious. It was a very good feeling that was had. You know, you've been described, I've heard other people describe you as sparkly and and bubbly, and um, there is a lot of light around you. Do you know who works with you? Have you any idea who you work through or with or who you talk to? Um, I've always referred to them as my guides. Um, sounds kind of funny um, because... I never wanted to talk about it to anyone ever other than family. Um, but uh, yeah, it felt like I talked to and like heard things from my guides. Then is my mom would say angels and uh, stuff like that. Um, but um, for the most part, it's just in different ways. Sometimes it's not in just like uh, sentences or anything like that. It's, words and so let's talk a, a little bit about how you get your experiences like so let's just say um that you you see somebody um what do you see when you look at somebody is it do you have to tap into their energy to to get anything sometimes um so the whole uh gift thing can be seen as a gift or also an annoyance sometimes when you're just trying to have a good time and you get this urge to tell people what you feel and you have to kind of hold it back because some people don't want to know. Um, are you talking about maybe you are in a restaurant or at a concert and you get guidance? A bar. <laughs> a bar. And you're dealing with people that don't want to know. <laughs> they <laughs> um, kind of judge you by saying anything and then when you hit it on the head uh they get a little scared they're like oh how would you even know that that is so weird i didn't say anything did you read that off of somewhere and like yeah i did i read the colors around you so i kind of read your aura um i got a vibe a feeling that you are either like it's usually someone that looks angry but is actually really sad because underneath anger is always sadness. You never want to let go of it because otherwise then you start crying and the pain sets it. So um, for me, I think, um, or not think, I feel that when I see somebody, um, sometimes I can hold back um, because it's not detrimental to their life if I don't say anything. Um, but other times when I feel like someone's like kind of on the edge I, or in danger, or in danger, I need to say something. Um, and I mean, I always offer tarot cards or tarot readings to people because I'm like, Hey, maybe you'll believe this instead of believing me because it's just one step into talking to them. Well, and tarot could give somebody, um, something to look at while you're speaking to them. It kind of, right it gives you something to believe because you don't just believe someone's words right off the bat. You should, you have believing is seeing and seeing is believing just like Santa Claus movie. Moving on. Have you ever had an experience where you um, got called to speak to someone like say in a large crowd? Yes. So on my 20th birthday, uh, me and my friend Marin went to the Fillmore in Denver, Colorado. What is the Fillmore? The Fillmore is a concert hall. It's gigantic. It's huge. Um, a lot of famous artists have played there. Um, but we went to go see Tech Nine, which I'm sure not a lot of people know, um, at least that are listening to this radio station. Um, anyways, uh, I really love him. I went to go see him. 
And we, my friend had just gotten me a cup of water because I was 20, being responsible. Not drinking. Not drinking. Weird. Good for um, you. And uh, um, I grabbed her hand and just beelined it across the, the concert hall. And uh, my friend is like, where are we going? What are we doing? And I stopped in front of this guy who had his hood, hoodie on and um, hood from hoodie and is like shaking and I asked him to drink the water and I asked him if he was okay and he said that he had taken a hallucinogenic and his friends had left him and he didn't know where they were and he was freaking out and he wanted to get himself water but he was too afraid to tell anyone over at the bar that he needed water because well it's hard to talk when you're high. So you crossed the concert hall from one end, one end to, to another. the other. What was it that... It was like a like a drop, like it was like a string, like an energy string. Um, like in Hercules, when uh, Hades is snipping the souls, he's cutting the string and snipping the souls. It feels like, like a soul connection to another person. And it's, it, it's illuminating... So I could see it and I could feel it and I just walked towards it. And I felt that like, as soon as I looked at him, I was like, oh yeah, that's who it is. And then he cried and was like, thank you for finding me. How'd you even find me? And my friend Marin was like, we were all the way across and she needed to come talk to you. She didn't see you once and she needed to come say it, like some, come help you. So oh, that is remarkable. So have you ever felt drawn to talk to somebody? Do, do you ever see like um, a glow around somebody that like go speak to this person? In a good way and yeah. a, in a bad way. Okay. Bad way. Let's, let's talk um, about the good way first. Right. So the good way okay. is when you see, when I see sparkles around someone um, or when I see like a bright color around them, it's usually a glow. Um, I also like a good challenge. So if I see static around someone, I feel like they're trying to hide themselves from me. So challenge accepted, and I walk right up and start talking. And uh, usually they let down their guard as soon as I start talking to them because apparently the whole empath thing, people trust you, and they want to talk to you. They feel they feel like they can tell you their whole life story. Why do and you then, think? Apparently, I'm trustworthy. I mean, I know that I am. I won't say anything. Um, so do you think they connect with your heart? Is that what it, they feel you? I think they feel me, which sounds wrong, but it's not. But they feel your energy. Well, yeah. we, we have a, our heart's a magnet, and so we emanate outward. Yeah. Exactly. So it means you have a beautiful heart. Oh, uh -huh. thank you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you're supposed to tell me that. <laughs> So you're different. You're not like a lot of a lot of other people. When did you realize that you were different? Uh, when I started school. Um, At what age? Well, uh, that would be first grade for me because, well, I mean, you know, kindergarten, right? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until like probably first or second grade that kids started being the judgmental monsters that they are. Um, but it's not them that were taught that it's their parents that taught them that. And then, you know, I mean, I was brought up with parents that said, you know, respect those who respect you. And if they don't, then give them help. Um, but I started learning at a young age that not everyone's going to treat you with respect and not everyone is going to like you, <laughs> um, which has been my hardest hurdle in my life. I want everyone to like me and that's just not going to happen. But um, I started learning in probably like second, first or second grade that I was different because I could feel people's emotions that no one else could. If someone cried in class, I cried in class, cl class. not because I was like, I was emotional, but not because of that. It was because I felt their pain. So it was overwhelming for me as a very young child. <laughs> Uh, to experience something like that. And then um, could you feel what the teachers were? Oh, just anxiety, just constant anxiety, because technically as a teacher, your job is to babysit. And 
make sure that your kids leave your class alive. <laughs> and uh, sometimes that doesn't happen, which is really awful, but that's their job. Um, and uh, impatience a lot of the time. How does being an empath help you in your daily life? Um, it helps me, well, I mean, the, the key is to listen to your gut feeling and to listen to the emotions, like to feel the emotions and walk yourself through it. Um, I sometimes ignore that. Um, but for the most part, it helps me because I can, um, I can get over obstacles in day-to-day -day life situations by reading the situation at hand and then, um, maneuvering through it without causing more problems. Sometimes I misread things. I think because big crowds are kind of not fun for me sometimes because it's hard for me to key point or to pinpoint who's feeling what. If it's someone in my general direction and there's 20 people in there, I may think that it's the person sitting right next to me, but it's actually someone that's 20 feet away from me. And so I will mis misread it. And um, that gets me into trouble sometimes, but um, I'm slowly starting to realize that I am in control of most situations that I'm in. Actually, all situations that I'm in, I'm in control. So I just have to learn from it. How how can you help other people to trust their guidance and intuition? What what types of things do you hear or see um, that might be able to help people listening? Um, well, uh, when I, I was younger, I had the gut feeling and I never ignored it. Um, and I do know that a lot of people kind of... Uh, didn't really read the warning signs, like didn't really understand those little signals that are in your own body telling you, hey, you should listen. Um, and uh, I would say um, learn from your experiences. Um, and I don't really have any other advice because like it's so hard to tell, tell people to feel when they've spent so much time not feeling. Well, that's a good point. So let's talk about dating. Oh, great. So <laughs> um, navigating the dating process, some people feel like home, which if our home was a very unhappy or toxic place could maybe be detrimental, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what if um, someone has like a, kind of a nagging gut feeling and they keep feeling that something feels not right. What would you say to someone that, that should they pursue it? What should they do? What do you mean pursue the bad feeling? Well, or if, pursue if, the relationship. Yeah. If, if, oh, yeah. Don't pursue the relationship. If you're in a relationship and every time the person that you're with does something that irks your soul, leave. There are plenty of fish in the sea. Also, another thing is, is that if you spend your whole life with someone that you're not happy with, you're not going to be happy. Um, but also, remember, you have to love yourself before you can love anyone else. And that's the biggest lesson that anyone can learn because loving yourself is really hard. Trust me, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to know how to do that. But... Um, it's hard. It's tough because society is all about be someone else. Don't be yourself. And I've had to learn that being myself is the best self I ever want to be. It's the only person I want to be. I don't want to be anyone else. I like me most of the time. Everybody else is taken. You might as well be yourself. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So what kind of guidance would you get? You know, when you meet some, we, you, you talked about somebody that you, um, you feel something from that's light or good, but then you've had negative or bad experiences or feelings. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so, um, gray is a very, it's a the color, the color gray is an unfortunate color that I've seen. 
what do you think it means? I think it means sickness, danger, or death. Um, I saw it around my dad before he died. So that was unfortunate. Um, not just unfortunate, sorry. I coping, my coping mechanism is kind of horrendous. Um, it's basically, it was really off-putting when I saw that. And I didn't know what it was because it had been a while since I had seen someone like on the verge of dying. Um, and I never really understood it. I also feel like I was protected for a lot for a long time from being able to see certain things um, and to feel certain things. Um, and there was a portion of time where I told my mom, I'm not going to be able to <laughs> feel things. I'm not going to get any information. I'm going to be cut off for a little while. And when and did that was, you remember? That was, I think, middle school to it, high school. It was puberty, right? Yeah. As soon as I got my period, uh, gone. And you I got, But didn't you get some, like, a heads up? I message? got a heads up. Literally, like, just to let you know, it's going to go away, but it's going to come back. But it's going to go away. Honestly, I feel like that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because we were living in Georgia. Georgia is a judgmental state. Um, okay, maybe not. So how many, not all of how many years would you say from about 13 or 13 till about 17 till 17? And um, what was the information that you got before your your psychic abilities or intuition just basically that I needed I needed to experience my teenage years without having an advantage, <laughs> which is fine, but kind of not nice because it would have been so helpful to know if a boy liked me. It would have been so helpful. Nope. Had to learn it the hard way. Um, but no, it's, it's nice that I did. It's nice that that happened, except for the fact that I was a wallflower. Like I shy, I was shy. Um, my shoulders were always slouched. I had the, I had so many insecurities. I, because I felt like if I stood out, then I would get bullied, which is true. That's exactly what happened. Whenever I'd speak out, somebody would say something that's just like, who raised you? Like, why are you like this? But, um, anyways, you can't really like, you can't hold on to it for too long. It's just, it's hurtful that bullying still happens. Um, I, however, um, stopped being a wallflower, stopped being so shy. When I left California, moved to Colorado, moved back to Colorado. How old were you then? 18. Well, I moved when I was 17. But when I turned 18, done. Done being a wallflower. I was like, if you're going to judge me, oh, well, congratulations. You're not a nice person. <laughs> so... When you started to go to college and, and you started to work full-time. Two part-time jobs and school full-time. Were you able to cite manipulation, passive-aggressive behavior? Oh, yeah, and, definitely. And what happened when, when, when you saw it, when you witnessed it? Well, I always despised people that were passive-aggressive. I just it bugs me. Why not just be honest? Why not just be blunt? It's so easy, but it's not for some people. Can, can I get that? Can you explain what passive aggressive shows up as? Like, can you talk about a, you don't have to name names, but just to kind of give an example of passive aggressive behavior. Someone that does not flat out just ask you to do something, but then instead says, fine, I'll just do it. And, or, it'd be so nice if you did this. Well, can't you just ask me? That would have been fine. Or getting upset when they didn't ask, but you don't do it because you can't read minds. Um, as much as I don't want to, I don't want to read anyone's mind. Sometimes I do I read my boyfriend's mind on accident. Um, he'll be singing a song in his head and then I'll start humming it. And he's like, what are you doing? Get out of my head. It's great. Um, but uh, I'd say that the passive aggressiveness, it's honestly from insecurities, but it's also from 
Is it fear of not being liked so that rather than ask directly what they want, they have to go the back doorway? Right. And it does the exact opposite. It doesn't make me like you. <laughs> it makes me irritated angry. and angry. <laughs> I want to be near you. Um, and I've had quite a few bosses that were like that, which is unfortunate um, because that's not what you want from a boss. You want them to be direct. Um, but not just passive aggressiveness. Also, um, um, sorry, what was the Manip- question again? Manip- manipulation. <laughs> manipulation. Okay. Um, I, f- I felt I could read people pretty well. It was kind of like smack, everything came back. Um, it wasn't gradual. It was just, oh, look at that. I can feel your emotions again. Um, my mom could ask me questions and I'd be able to answer them. Um, and I was still able to give her some answers in high school, but it was hard. Like, Oh, let's talk about that because there are some, when, when I read the Akashic records, I am able to give people some information and and I'm blocked on other things for a reason. So, so there are times that you are blocked and what can happen if somebody asks you a question? So this was the, this was a little bit of the perk that I got in high school. I was able to answer questions for my mom, but if I would try to answer more of it, knowing the information, they'd give it to me. But if I try to answer it, I get like, it feel like a lightning, like a miniature, you know, like a really scaled back lightning strike hit my head and I would have a headache. Like a jolt. Like a jolt. Do not say this. And I'm like, well, why give me the information then? That doesn't make any sense. Um, But um, the main thing was, is that if, if I wanted to know it, it would just give me a headache. And so I made the mistake of just pushing through and telling my mom and then I'd have a migraine for a day and migraines are awful. So I learned my lesson after what, three times of doing it because I thought, Oh, maybe it's just, I need to drink water. No, they really didn't want me to tell her, but they trusted me with information and they were testing me to not say anything. And yeah. So, so why do you think that we could maybe get information, but not be able to tell someone what it's not time. So it could act in, in a person's detriment to have the psychic information in advance. I feel like there are several different pathways for people and you walk down them based on your decisions and what you choose in life and how you feel and who you talk to and who you spend time with. And you open up doors based on your lessons learned. And if you haven't learned it yet, you don't get to know and you don't choose that path yet. I feel like a fulfilled life is you opening all the doors because you've learned all those lessons before your end of time or before your time ending. And you've learned them so that you can fulfill, you can have a fulfilled life and have walked through every door and seen every option because the idea of only having just a couple doors opened because you stayed in one place, is kind of scary. And I don't want to stay in one place. Why should you? So let's talk about dreams. <laughs> okay. So have you ever had um, a precognizant dream is a dream that you might have about an event, a future event that actually comes true. Have you ever had those types of dreams? Yes, I have. I've had quite a few. Some of them are really great. Some of them are really awful. Um, Let's start with the good ones. Um, One of them being that, um, so sometimes in dreams you can't, I couldn't see faces. I could just feel like a soul connection. So whenever I was, like when I was younger and boy crazy and couldn't wait for, wait to meet a guy that like liked me for me and I could talk to about all this stuff. I didn't want to talk ever to anyone except for my mom, but here I am. Um, uh, Just because I get embarrassed easily. 
Absolutely. I'm sweating. My hands are sweating. Nobody can tell. <laughs> um, ah, I can see my face. That's why. Um, anyways. So what's, so, a, what's a good dream that you've had? I know. I'm getting there. Um, I saw a boy. Um, more like, yeah, he was a boy, but still a man. Um, and, um, anyway, well, okay. So I met him and then I had a dream about him the night, like that night. And I was dating someone else at the time. Anyways, I dreamt about, um, a house, which was my own house and it was beautiful. And I had a baking rack, like a cooling baking rack. And that's awesome. So that means I'm still baking in this dream. And my mom's there. There's four other guys that I don't know. I've never met before. Um, and then this guy that I just met the night before, or I mean, I had classes with him, but night before, um, he comes rushing in. Um, can I cuss? Is that okay? Sure. Great. So he comes rush, rushing in and he goes, will you fucking marry me already, Ariel? And I just talked to this guy and he was like, it's been 10 fucking years. And Josh and I have been dating for six years since that dream. So, you know, <laughs> I still don't want to get married, <laughs> but you know, um, maybe. Um, so that was a really good one that came out of that. I broke up with the boyfriend the next day actually he was heartbroken but it's fine I'm happy so um anyways that sounds really selfish I what, apologize what other what other good dreams have you had that were um David and Danny getting pregnant okay so, so my brother and his wife expecting a baby and um which they are now. which they are now so Do that's in, pretty good in dream. August yeah um and uh I also had a dream about my mom and I going to Ireland and we did. So there's that. Now for the sad one. Uh, I had a dream about my dad dying multiple times, um, like what, in different ways. What was the first one? First one was him dying on a plane, which was kind of horrendous. Um, and then the second one was him dying of a heart attack. <laughs> and that's how he lived. So it's unfor it's they're not good dreams. It sucks when that happens. How far in advance did you have that second dream? The second dream was a year before it happened. And the first dream was two years. And um, I would have daydreams sometimes because I kind of lived in fairy tale land for a really long time um, because I wanted things to be so happy at school and whatnot. And I wanted to be able to be a witch. I totally just wanted to be a witch so bad. Still do. I think I am though, you know. What, but what um, was it about being a witch that you that you were enamored with? Uh, spells. <laughs> that was so cool to what, me. What would be great to, what kind of spell do you think would be great to be able to perform? Um, health right oh, now. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, uh, the loved ones didn't call out to me because... <laughs> Um, we had a friend that had a spell book and it was beautiful. It was purple leather. It was like stained. It was great. It was amazing. Um, and, uh, she was like, love spells. You have to have will like full permission from both sides. And I was like, ah, I don't want to do a love spell anyways, because it could turn out bad. Like it doesn't matter how much time you put into it. You could still mess up and it could, it could ruin you. I could end up with a wart on my nose. So no, thank you. So I never or maybe kissing a frog. Yeah, no, thanks. And it doesn't turn into anything. It's still a frog. No. Um, but for me, it was just, um, I like the idea of, I don't know, being able to fly or um, being able to express myself and it making a change instead of, just sitting and waiting for people to accept me. And then I realized that that's not how it works. You have to accept yourself first and then people that matter will accept you. Do you think everyone has intuitive abilities? Yes. I think you're born with them. And I think that you choose to ignore them or your parents or people that, um, people that, 
raise you or you're around um, end up telling you that it's not real or that you're just you're just pretending and you need to grow up and I was lucky enough to be born into a family that is really really like welcoming and accepting and I mean even one time I remember asking my mom do you think I'm a lesbian and she was like no but I'd love you regardless I'm like great I'm not though <laughs> we have a we have a caller area Laura Robinson oh. from Toronto is is on the line hi <laughs> we, we're welcoming Laura to the to the to the show hi there how are you hi Laura hi <laughs> hi Air. hi so enjoyable to hear you it's amazing <laughs> really? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, do, do you have a question for, for Ariel, Laura? Yeah, um, I have a question about, I was trying to decide, I have a question about my work life because I've been working on something for a long time and I just had um, kind of, a, should I tell you about it? But I just, um, I don't know how much to say. I just, uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Kind of going, I have a project that's like I'd like to get some clarity on, a television project. Um, is it the one that you and I've talked about, Laura? Yeah, it's a, it's a show, a game show, and it's been, yeah, it's called Five Second Rule. It's a game show based on a game, and um, been working on it for five years actually it's the five-year rule and we just got interesting news like you know would seem like bad news but I think that there's possible good news because uh, the network passed which means they anyway I just wonder what's going to happen with it and if we are to keep on trying are, are you saying that the network that you had originally taken it to passed on the show yeah, we delivered a pilot. They gave us all these notes back and forth. And we just, on Monday of this week, heard that they um, were not going to pick up the pilot. So it was a big blow. But my partner's production partners still want to take it out to other places. So we're talking to a few other people. But I had a okay. kind of a, a reaction like, what's going to happen? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm feeling positive or negative you know okay so breathe for a moment because Ariel's getting something yeah I do know okay I mean I don't know I just feel something um so I feel like you should keep trying um I would not lose hope because as soon as you put out um anxiety feelings that's all you're gonna get back um I would just keep putting out good like good energy towards someone picking up the pilot because then someone I feel like will. Um, and I feel like it'll be a yep. better opportunity for your show. Um, hmm. Also, uh, uh, <laughs> there's a thing that my mom always says, uh, which is uh, like, you don't have to, you can just envision like uh, a um, envision the uh, producer or a channel so I don't really know how shows work. Um, yeah, yeah. You can just network a network. And thank you. You can just envision a network in your head, and then um, envision um, pink, pink like love, like love, whatever you envision love to be. Okay. And I envision it as pink cotton candy because I just think that's great, um, and it's easier to yeah. swaddle something in it. So you kind of swaddle the network in the pink love okay. and then you put white light around it and you just keep envisioning that over and over again because it's putting love out there and it's putting positive energy out there and I definitely I feel like if you keep if you guys keep trying it I'm, will I'm getting the number three and and I don't know if it's th three more networks that you need to go to or the third network's going to pick it up but I, I'm getting the number three Okay, that's interesting. We, basically, I wrote a list of three tonight. So, ah. and we have 
we have two that are we have very good connections to. My other question is like the partners we've been with, this production part partners are I feel like they're just not my own my own personal partner, but the company we've been with for three and a half three and a half years, actually there's the three. Um, I feel like they're kind of disrespecting us and their deal is up. So I've also been confused whether to stay with them or to just take it out. No, no. <laughs> We're both getting a no on that, no. Laura. No, don't stay. No. Okay. Okay. The, the writing's on the wall. If they're treating you badly and disrespecting you, time to move on. That you're getting strong messages. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're getting the red flag. But it's scary because they are more established and, you know, we've been working with them, but they just are, uh, yeah, they're a bit excluding and I don't know. I bet, yeah, I was feeling that too. It, it feels a bit like they're novices. They're, they're, they're looking at you as novices. Yeah. But it doesn't mean... That you don't know how yeah, to do things. or that your that your Make show people. isn't great because mm -hmm. it is. It's a great little show. Yeah. It's a it's. I see it bringing a lot of light to the world because it's quick. So it, it's it's a it's a joy. We need more joy. Sure do. And, and so that's this is, it is exactly that's why I've been holding on to this because it's so much fun to play and it's very joyful and and causes people to laugh and <clears throat> that's been my whole kind of theme of my you know work with with games and and the other game I did on tv so um yeah so so I I, I would suggest this Laura how can okay how can we have a win-win the universe loves it when there's a win-win so yeah. that you win the the public wins the network wins I mean having a win-win that's something that the universe will get behind. So how can we have a win-win with this five-second rule show? Yeah. And don't give up hope. I, um, yeah, like Ariel said, don't give up hope. It, it's, it's actually very close. Doesn't it feel like it's two months? It could be the rule of threes. <laughs> uh, it could yeah. be. It's, it seems like... Um, you don't have all your ducks in order in order for you to get another network. I think you need to, or I feel like you need to do some snipping before you may get the network. I'm not really sure. And what? I don't know what that one was Snip, from. Snipping? Yeah, it's just. What do you, what you maybe do you need to, maybe you need to cut something. You just, it just seems like okay. it feels like you don't have your ducks in a row yet in order for it to be right right away. But I do feel like it will happen. Well, you do feel like it's what? That, it, that you will, a uh, network will pick up your show. Yeah, okay, great. That's, I, I was feeling like I pretty much pivoted very quickly into this is actually a good thing because where we were gonna go with it was a network that, um, uh, was kind of very more of a niche network and they hadn't done games before and they really didn't understand game shows and they were clipping our wings a bit like with not letting us be as funny as we wanted to be and everything so I think that the other choices that we're going to go back to it's actually we're going back to a network that we've already sold the game show to twice before but it's the in television there's a lot of times and I think in life too there's when things take time then there can be like corporate shuffles like somebody leaves like the president leaves and they get a new guy and then that's like the classic thing you hear in Hollywood about you know movies are all set to go and then the new president comes in and goes no we're not doing any you know action films and so they things get put into what they call turnaround or like they just clear the slate so that has happened a few times with this show I mean literally I have been working on it for five years so I do have a bit of deal fatigue but I have always believed in it and I won't give up but I feel like there's got to be a bit of changing and and the thought of like completely regrouping and having to do a whole new deal and going in kind of cold again feels like a bit overwhelming but I I feel like we're going to have a call with this 
production company on Monday. And if they don't kind of come to the plate, I think we're just going to say, because our deal is up with them. They're acting like it's not, but we can take it back. But then I may lose the rights because the rights come from the same company. So there's so many moving parts that normally I kind of know what I'm doing with my work and my life. But this one has me a little conundrum because there's so many moving parts. What you just said about losing the rights, maybe that's what Ariel's talking about, is that you need to know uh, without a shadow of a doubt if that's the case, if you move away from this particular production company. I know. And that the only way we'll know that is if we actually tell the game company and we're trying not to tell them that the first network has passed because we don't want them to take the rights back. Now we're in like a bit of a time crunch to get out there and sell it again fast. Right. So that's how it feels because they've been so patient and it's just everything we've done keeps getting passed on. So then it's like the idea, is it, it's just not a good show or it just hasn't found its right home. And it is a good show because it keeps selling. So it ends up actually coming to fruition. And then my big question actually is, is it my subconscious that is making this not happen, even though, I've been, you know, really intending and keeping it in a bubble and I've been relighting candles and just trying to really be as positive as possible. But maybe I have a subconscious block, like fear, you know, a, a, a little bit of a success block or something or PTSD from my last show that went down. Yes, that's what it is. It's like your baby and you're afraid to let it go. And what if like, and it's not just, you're not letting it go. It's just, what if you are successful with it? How are you going to react? What are you going to do? And is this going to change me? No, it's an amazing, it's amazing opportunity. And it will, it will change you for the better, but in a good way. And impact your family in a good way. In a too. good way. It's not going to be negative. That's it. It's, I've been saying it's like my kind of cash cow or like the, 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 um, the ship is in the harbor, you know, that expression. Like- <laughs> In the harbor and it's just I've been waiting for it to dock for mm-hmm. so long like it just keeps oh yeah now it's docking now it's docking and then it doesn't dock well so so I think you need to see it to fruition so you need to go into the future to to the the successful future self of you and see yourself with the game show already in production already with a network already mm-hmm. happening and then start being in gratitude for it. Absolutely. That sounds good. Was that helpful, Laura? I think, yeah, that's helpful. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I appreciate your calling in. It's good to hear your voice. Of course. Great to hear your, your voice, too, Jennifer. And so great to hear Ariel. Thank you for your for tuning in to my conundrum and thinking for helping me i can't wait to see it on a on a big network me too yeah yeah that has the peacock is that nbc yeah that's the one that just passed okay just all right so pass means like let go of it yeah all right so there's one more thing Uh, The thing that you need to to remember is the universe is always working for you, always. So they pass, something better is coming right around the corner. Uh, Your your words were resonating in my ear when I got the call, because I was actually in the middle of finally like posting some music too. And I got the call and thought, oh, well, maybe this is going to free me up to do more of this. But then I really want this to happen because it's, a whack load of cash that I really would enjoy having. And I love making game shows. I just, it's my whole favorite thing too. So I did switch into, it must be for my, you know, something better is coming. Absolutely. The situation is finding its way to me. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait. Me either. <laughs> okay, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, and congratulations on your on your family edition expansion. Oh, thank you. I didn't do anything. I just get to enjoy. I know. Being a grandmother. <laughs> to everyone and thank you. Yeah, I uh, wish you so much joy. 
Thanks. Much love. Thank you. Thanks for your call. Okay. Awesome. So, um, you know, the old, when one door closes or when one, yeah, one door closes and another one opens and we, we know the universe is always working for our highest and best good. Always. I've seen it happen with um, a client that had a house. Um, She sold her house. Uh, She was told that it would never sell. And, and not only did I help her get her asking price, but it sold in a record time. And she had her heart set on a house to move to and the deal fell through. And I said, well, that house wasn't the best one for you. There's one coming that's even better. And, and I've seen that happen over and over again. Okay. So is there anything else you want to say about, about what we've just talked about and how the universe works? The universe works in mysterious ways. Good luck. Um, and what you put out is what you get back. Um, so when you put out that you want to help people, guess what? Lots and lots of people will be knocking on the door. <laughs> That's true. And that happens <laughs> all the time with me. So, um, speaking if, of help, yeah. How can people contact you? You can go to my Instagram, which is <laughs> spastic. 654 so it's s-p-a-s-t-i-c t wait spaz tastic t-a-s-t-i-c jesus s-p-a-z-t-a-s-t-i-c tastic t-a-s-t-i-c if you know how to spell s-p-a-z and then 654, <laughs> that's what it is. 654. And, um, and if you need to find Ariel, if you're on my Instagram page, which is Gem Soul, Soul Sculpture. Soul Sculpture. Yeah, Soul Sculpture. Gem Soul Sculpture. Ariel is one of my, my friends or followers, so you can right. find her that way. And then you can also um, add me as a friend on Facebook, Ariel Rizuda. Um, How do you spell your last name? R-E-S-U-T-A. And you spell my name, the first name, like Little Mermaid, it's A-R-I-E-L. Um, and uh, if you need any help, if you feel like you're struggling with something and you just can't figure it out and you feel a blockage, um, you feel like um, you need some something highlighted for you that is hasn't you haven't pinpointed yet, just uh, let me know. And... I don't do cold readings because I... What do you mean by a cold reading? Cold reading is no information whatsoever. It means you give me your name and that's it. I don't do those readings because it's room for me to fail. Um, My intention as a reader is if you've been through any kind of trauma, you don't need to let me know, but um, it's best if I don't say something that's wrong because I don't want you to relive it but I also don't want to say the wrong thing either um so I don't do cold readings because it's it's easier for me to end up like just canceling the reading and giving you your money back so so what that can do what I think what Ariel's trying to say is that um there there can be anxiety um of disappointing you and all the time and and a cold reading um, it's when somebody, well, you tell me and, um, what color hair do I have right now? <laughs> and you can't see their hair. I'm not that psychic. And also I don't think a lot of people are. And I also like, I have, I read off of emotions and if I can't see you, then it's harder that way. If I'm on the phone with you, I'm feeling your emotions, but if you're trying to block from me, well, I get a reading. Right. Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, there are some people that you are know, that afraid. They're trying to test you or, or, or something like that. I prefer not. To. So, so I have a segment at the end of my show called it's all bullshit and we're, oops, we got, we've got, hang on, just see. Okay. All right. So we're good for time. Um, okay. 
we we do this segment on this show. It's all bullshit. So so what is bullshit about psychic? What have you heard? I, I've heard a lot about about be, being intuitive or um, being able to see auric fields or or um, having precognizant dreams. So what have you heard? That I'm Satan's mistress. Um, whenever and that's the that's the that's the biggest one. That's just like. All right. Um, it's when you give a, like, when I do tarot cards sometimes, they're like, you're the devil incarnate. And it's like, well, that's stupid. And then, but also, you know, it's your opinion. So that's well, fine. Well, let's talk about this, that all humans were made in God's image. And whether you want to say God or Jesus, what did Jesus say? This you can do and more. Jesus said that we could heal, walk on that, water, that we could walk on water, that we could um, that we could read people's auric field, that we could heal the dead. This you can do and more. And so, I, you know, we all have the power to be able to um, use our our in, intuitive guidance and it is a gift and it does not make you the devil <laughs> or Satan's mistress thank you very much so i, I think I, that's I, bullshit <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, all right so so do you have any any guidance for people about um Baby, when when would be a good time to get a reading? Because so so we've got some friends in Atlanta, and John Henderson and Sherry Henderson. They they own the Inner Space and Hudal Attic, and they've been in business for now I guess 40, 40 some years, right? Forever. And uh, <laughs> so John and Sherry have a a, um, a bookstore. They have uh, psychic fairs, etc. But I've heard from both of them that people want to know. When are they going to get paid and when are they going to get laid? Yep. And, and so those are the, the two main things that people want uh, guidance about. But what else could you use um, a, a, an intuitive for? Um, well, like I said earlier, anything that you are stuck on um, and that doesn't have to con- include not it's you've had a dry spell in your sexual experiences, but that also means like, um, let's say you have something at work that's troubling you and you want to get past it and you want to know how you can get past the obstacles or just know what the obstacles are because you're not reading the signs or you didn't even know that they were there. And an intuitive is really great for that. And then also, um, it could be a problem in a relationship. How do I, how do I get past this? Um, what like, and it doesn't have to be a, um, intimate relationship it could be a french friend 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 relationship or you're a relative or a relative you're having some kind of problem with them and you're wondering there's no way i did something but it's you know it takes two um but if you needed that like that guidance intuitive is really helpful for you psychic reading anything like that um also if you have an emotional blockage um, if you are sick and, or if you, if you need to know how much work you need to get done on yourself, like healing, um, usually an empath or an intuitive will be able to feel how much, how much you need to do and what you need to do. And, but it's also completely up to the person. It's not, this is not a generalization. Every person is different. Um, so every problem is different. Um, and then also we're really good listeners. Um, and if you just needed to call and talk to somebody. Um, One of the things that I, that I see um, that psychics do well and, and intuitives do well, and I know that you do, um, is that you can listen and then give feedback that could help somebody resolve something major right yeah exactly less words bigger bigger <laughs> reasoning more words <laughs> i don't do this ever uh, well ariel it was a joy and a pleasure to have you on the show 
and have you sparkle and bubble all over the place. And uh, <laughs> hope that you will uh, share this with your friends. Uh, we love that you're here, that you're listening and watching. And um, thank you so much for being here. Remember, we all have gifts. Yes. And it's up to you to use them. Also, if you can't figure out how to use them, she's great at her job. She can coach you into feeling your, to experiencing your emotions. Kiss ass. Moving on. Um, <laughs> I had a really great time, even though my hands were incredibly, incredibly sweaty the whole time. Well, you look up beautiful. Until now. You look beautiful. <laughs> um, but I did. I really, I had a good time. It was nice being interviewed, sort of. It was a little nerve-wracking, but it was nice. Not used to the camera being on me. So, yeah. Well, thank you all for, for being here tonight. Remember, um, you are the captain of your ship. And whatever we give, we receive. And so make sure that you are giving yourself first. Mm-hmm love, acceptance, and loving and kind words, because um, we both know that, that we can be our own worst enemies. And so get out of your way, love yourself, open your heart, and the more you give, the more that you can receive. I'm Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. This is my daughter, Ariel Rasuda. Thank you for being here tonight. Much love. Mwah. I'm going back